Welcome to Mother Miriam Live on the Station of the Cross Catholic Radio Network with live video streaming brought to you by LifeSite News and the Station of the Cross. Call Mother with your questions at 1-877-511-5483 or email her at mother at thestationofthecross.com. You can view the live stream on Facebook at Mother Miriam Live. Now, here's Mother Miriam. Good morning, beloved family. How are you? I'm with you live, and I'm thrilled to be with you. Um, And I pray you're doing well. This is Paschal time, the 50 days between Easter and Pentecost, um, when the church, uh, which is the birthday of the church, is the birthday of Judaism, back in um, uh, Exodus, uh, Sinai, uh, when... when, uh, our Lord gave the law, was the uh, Simchas Torah is the Hebrew words for rejoicing over the law, and it was the birthday of Judaism, now fulfilled in the birthday of the church at Pentecost, which is a Jewish holiday. All of Christianity is Jewish, uh, spread to the four corners of the earth. Um, and so it's such a beautiful thing to truly live the liturgical year of the church and know our roots and walk with Jesus through it. Um, I think we'd like to go back to keep the faith. Um, uh, it, it's such a beautiful book. And it is, um, let me just see. Um, it's by Canon Francis Ripley, and he's simply, simply uh, outstanding. Uh, let me just see where we are now. Um, I think we're in chapter six, which is what is faith? Hold on just a moment. Okay, that's it. <clears throat> what is faith? People, I think, uh, reminds me of Pilate saying, what is truth? What is it? Um, but what is faith? Um, it's not a feeling. It's not based on emotions. Um, it's an enormous gift of God. And when we criticize some people for not believing, then we are, uh, then our heart is uh, ungrateful for what God has given us. We cannot expect anybody to have the faith God has given us. And if we're Catholic, you say, well, but they're, they're Catholic. They have the same sources. They may have the same sources. But again, faith is a gift. Little faith, deep faith, um, it's a gift from God. And so if you have a deep faith and you're faithful to live the Catholic faith, be grateful to God and not arrogant, uh, not assuming uh, and know that we are have to whom much is given, much is required and expected, and that we have the mission of helping others to grow in their faith. Chapter six of Canon Ripley's book, Keep the Faith, is a whole chapter on what is faith, and it's wonderful for us, very instructive. We just began it prior to Lent, and we want to pick up and continue now. And I'll start right at the beginning. What is faith? Faith is a supernatural gift of God, which enables us to believe without doubting whatever God has revealed. Now, I'll comment through this. Um, I'll tell you when I'm commenting so you know that I'm not reading uh, Canon Ripley, but um, uh, many people say, I believe, but I doubt. Lord, I believe, help my unbelief. Doubt is human. It's understandable. But if you doubt major doctrines of the church, 
You need to make them a project. You need to study. You need to come to understand your faith, not just what Catholics believe, but why we believe what we believe. It's very, very important. If you go around as a Catholic and say, well, I've never been quite sure about the Eucharist or the resurrection or whatever, then you're really not a Catholic. Then you need to say, if it is true, I need to know it's true, not live my whole life in doubt, because number one, you won't have the power of the Holy Spirit to overcome trials uh, and temptations. You will not be a witness in the world if you walk around doubting. And so, um, and you won't feel the strength and power of God. Whatever you doubt, you can look it up. And if you doubt what is an infallible, unchangeable doctrine of the church, you have a responsibility as a Catholic to find out why Catholics believe what they believe until you believe it yourself. And if you come to not believe it, then you are not a Catholic. There's a wonderful book that I read coming into the church. It's Fundamentals of Catholic Dogma by Ludwig Ott, O-T-T, Fundamentals of Catholic Dogma. It's a beautiful catechism that goes through the entire faith and gives us, as no other book does that I'm aware of, the certainty of every single dogma, whether it's an opinion, whether it's infallible, and there are different degrees of certainty, and it explains and teaches that for every single thing the Catholic Church believes. It's a wonderful resource. Um, Fundamentals of Catholic Dogma by Ludwig Ott, O-T-T. I'll go on with Canon Ripley. He says, why must you believe whatever God has revealed? And the answer is, and it's kind of giving the answer on the style of the Baltimore Catechism, where we repeat the question with the answer. It is so important for families to do this with children. And the answer is, I must believe whatever God has revealed because God is the very truth and can neither deceive or be deceived. What are the chief mysteries of faith which every Christian is bound to know? And the answer is, the chief mysteries of faith which every Christian is bound to know are the unity and triunity or trinity of God. The unity and the trinity of God who will render to every man according to his works. Um, Hold on now, I just lost my spot. to his works and the incarnation, death, and resurrection of our Savior, Jesus Christ. That doesn't seem to be. Who will render to every man according to his works and, I think, according to the incarnation, death, and resurrection of our Savior, Jesus Christ. In the last paragraph of his gospel, Canon Ripley says... St. Mark reports these words of our Lord, quote, He that believeth and is baptized shall be saved. He that believeth not shall be condemned. St. Paul makes this solemn declaration in Hebrews 11 that without faith it is impossible to please God. These two texts alone are sufficient to demonstrate the importance of faith. Supernatural faith includes the following principles. God is our first beginning and our last end. That's it. He's our first beginning 
and our last end. God has supreme dominion over us, and we owe God due service, which we express in religion. And unlike many, what many Protestants were falsely taught, they were taught, as I was as an evangelical, that religion is man working his way to God. It is not. The Catholic religion is the only religion that God has willed. It is our worship of God. True religion is the true worship of the true God. God has told us how he wants to be worshipped. Man must obey this teaching of God. Man has no right to practice a religion of his own making against God's will. So I'll comment here. God has given us free will. We are free to sin. We are free to turn from God as Adam and Eve did. We are free to do what we want, but we have no right. A right is given us from God, a true right, and man has no right to practice a religion of his own making against God's will. Again, he has free will. He can sin against God and do his own thing, but there's no right given him from God to practice a religion of his own making against God's will. God alone, Canon Ripley says, can declare to us in what true religion consists. And this declaration of God contains the body of revealed truth. Revealed truths, I should say. We are bound to believe them, and we must have faith in them. No one can be indifferent about such vital matters. Even at the time of the Reformation, the necessity of faith was never questioned. Those who left the true church still believed in God and Christ. Nowadays, many reject faith itself and are utterly indifferent about religion. Faith, they say, is nothing more than an emotion. No one, Canon Ripley says, can be received into the Catholic Church without a genuine and sincere faith in the Catholic religion. Faith is the very foundation on which the whole religious and spiritual edifice of Catholicism is erected, not works, faith. Faith without works is dead, because without works it's not true faith. Faith is the foundation. It is the root holding the tree against all the storms and difficulties of life and providing the sap which makes our religion a living force in our lives. The solemn teaching of the Church on faith may be summed up as follows, says Canon Ripley. Faith is a divine virtue by which we believe revealed truth, not because it is known to us by the natural light of reason, but because it is known to us by the authority of God, who can neither deceive nor be deceived. The virtue of faith is infused into the soul with sanctifying grace, and it is lost only by a grave sin of unbelief which a man commits by deliberately doubting or denying a truth which he knows God has revealed. Dear ones, this is the music for our first break. And um, I invite you uh, to call in, if you wish, with anything at all on your heart, any time during this hour whatsoever, with anything that's on your heart. It does not have to be what we're speaking about. The toll-free number, one 877 511 You may text at that number or email at mother at thestationofthecross.com. 
Hello, beloved. This is Mother Miriam. How would you like to wake up each morning to inspiring sermons from knowledgeable and faith-filled priests? You can tune in to Sermons for Everyday Living every day at 6 a.m. Eastern on the Station of the Cross. You can listen on thestationofthecross.com or anytime on the free iCatholic Radio mobile app. God bless you. Hey, Jim Havens here. I'm host of The Simple Truth, which airs every weekday from 4 to 5 p.m. Eastern on the Station of the Cross Catholic Media Network. The focus of the show is authentically receiving, living, and handing on the simple truth of Jesus and his Catholic Church in a down-to-earth, no-nonsense manner. The guests are phenomenal, and each weekday has its own theme, always encouraging us to take the next step in our faith wherever we may be. It's The Simple Truth, every weekday from 4 to 5 p.m. Eastern on the Station of the Cross. The Station Station of the Cross appreciates the generosity of our supporters. We are committed to keeping our donors' accounts up to date. If there have been changes made to your payment information, please call us so that we can update your account. 1-877-888-6279, extension 104. Or update your information online at thestationofthecross.com. Thank you for your generous support of Catholic Radio. As a nonprofit lay organization financially independent from your diocese, our apostolate is listener supported. Through your generosity, we are able to inspire countless listeners with the gospel message and help lead them to a parish to be spiritually nourished by the sacraments. The Station of the Cross thanks our supporters who have enabled us to broadcast Catholic programs for more than 20 years. Thank you for your continued support and may God bless you and your family. Welcome to Mother Miriam Live on the Station of the Cross Catholic Radio Network with live video streaming brought to you by LifeSite News and the Station of the Cross. Call Mother with your questions at 1-877-511-5483 or email her at mother at thestationofthecross.com. Welcome back, dear ones, to Mother Miriam Live. Um, you are welcome to call in, I mentioned just before the break, with anything at all on your heart, toll-free, 1-877-511-5483. Text at that number or email at mother at thestationofthecross.com. We are um, on ch- in Chapter 6 of uh, Canon Francis Ripley's book, Keep the Faith, Absolutely Outstanding. And we've gone through the definition of the faith. I'm going to pick up on the last paragraph because it is the beautiful, uh, well-stated, crucial definition of the church and our obligation to believe. He says, he writes, the solemn teaching of the church on faith may be summed up as follows. Faith is a divine virtue by which we believe revealed truth not because it is known to us by the natural light of reason, but because it is known to us by the authority of God, who can neither deceive or be deceived. The virtue of faith is infused into the soul with sanctifying grace, and it is lost only by a grave sin of unbelief. So you see, you don't believe. It's a grave sin against God which a man commits by deliberately doubting or denying a truth which he knows God has revealed. Further, 
Without a gift from God consisting in his enlightening and helping grace, no man can take an act of faith profitable for salvation. Still, faith does not deprive a man of liberty, but it is a help which he freely accepts and with which he freely cooperates. It is not a blind movement of the mind, but is in conformity with reason. The fact of God's existence can be most certainly known by the mind of man, reasoning from created things. The fact that God has spoken to us can be most certainly known from miracles and prophecies. The truths which God has revealed are found in sacred scripture and tradition. Among these truths are mysteries which can never be understood by the mind of man in this life, no matter how far it may advance in knowledge. Um, let me um, let me just take a couple of emails that have come in, um, and uh, you may call as well. Our lines are wide open at one eight seven seven five one one five four eight three, or the email is mother at thestationofthecross dot com. Yesterday, dear ones, I took a few of these emails, but halfway through the program, we had a, a problem and had to switch to an encore. So. Unless anyone was listening live during that first half hour, they would have missed all that. And I, I, I don't want the people who wrote in to have missed responses to their questions. So we'll begin with Apollo, who uh, had a, a comment on Facebook, who said, Mother, I passed the graces that I may have gotten on Divine Mercy Sunday and plenary indulgence to my already deceased parents. I believe we can do that for them. What is your take on this? Thanks so much. You certainly can. You can receive those graces for yourself, which is the graces of Divine Mercy Sunday are superior to a plenary indulgence because a plenary indulgence forgives you of all your sin, but it has requirements that you have no attachment to even venial sin. Divine Mercy, the graces of Divine Mercy Sunday do not require any... um, uh, unattachment or anything else, only that you receive, that you make a good confession and receive communion. It's miraculous. It's been um, uh, made comparable almost to a second baptism. So it's very wonderful. So yes, you can you can give those graces instead of taking them to yourself. You can ask God to give them to those who are deceased and uh, and in purgatory. If someone's in heaven, they don't need them. And if you're not sure if they're in purgatory or not, go ahead and do that. Give them to those. And if that person that you're giving them for or your parents are already in heaven, Our Lady will not waste those graces. She will give them to somebody who needs them. In another Facebook message from Ursula, she said, I was at two churches yesterday and reviewed both church bulletins. Nowhere were the plenary indulgences mentioned or the grace of removal of temporal punishment of sins. One church had no image of divine mercy in the building. I wonder why. Ursula, it is that three generations are lost to the faith because for, for in large measure, not in whole, but in large measure, priests and bishops have stopped teaching the faith. They either don't know it 
something so important as this, which began as a private revelation, but not only was approved by the church, but given to the church um, as the most extraordinary gift uh, that we could have. And so for bishops and priests to not teach the faithful and truly observe Divine Mercy Sunday as our Lord gave it through St. Faustina is truly a tragedy. They're either ignorant of it or don't consider it important. And for that, I grieve. Indeed, I grieve, Ursula. We have an email from somebody who writes in anonymous, uh, anonymously and says, Mother Miriam, <clears throat> I'm wondering, I think this is where we left off at the half-hour break yesterday. I'm just wondering why you and other prominent Catholics do not talk about Our Lady of La Salette more. I often hear people talking about Fatima, but La Salette seems to be overlooked. I don't mean to sound accusatory at all. I just wonder why people typically focus on one over the other. Can you please lay out the history slash importance of this apparition? Thank you. Um, Yes, uh, I I think it's very, very important. There's no question uh, of how important it is. Um, Why one is, I think, the apparition to the children of Fatima is much more widely known than La Salette. It appeared in 1917. Fatima uh, happened earlier in 1846. Our Lady at uh, La Salette appeared to two young children. Fatima, 70,000 people were the witness of the miracle of the uh, sun. And um, it was a current warning that if we, if um, the world were not consecrated to Our Lady of Fatima that Russia would spread its errors throughout the world. The world was not consecrated. And so, um, properly, as Our Lady asked, and Russia has spread her errors, and again is already in war with Ukraine. A recent attempt at that consecration was made by Pope Francis, which Our Lady requested should include all the bishops of the world. The... um, the uh, consecration by Pope Francis uh, did not uh, include all those specifications. He invited bishops to uh, accompany him in that consecration, and many bishops did, but he didn't ask or um, uh, ask all the, or require all the bishops of the world to do so. And it was very late after the. Russia has already spread her errors and the world has begun. Many think this recent consecration is valid. I have no way to determine that. My heart breaks because it it, it certainly uh, didn't seem to go along with what Our Lady requested, but I can't determine that. Um, I have an article here on the website of Catholic Pure and Simple um, on Our Lady of La Salette, uh, and it titles A Fearful Warning and a Prophecy. I'm going to read this because it's beyond what I could say from knowledge or memory, and I think it's extremely important because her prophecies are for today, along with Our Lady of Fatima, Our Lady of uh, Akita, Our Lady of Good Success. All the prophecies are coming true today. And the article says that on September 19, 1846, um, the Mother of God appeared to two young shepherds, Melanie Cavat and Maximum Giraud. 
on the heights of the mountain of La Salette, France. There she dictated to them a public message, which she asked to make known to all her people, and to each little shepherd privately she confided a secret concerning which she gave special directives. Melanie was invested with the mission of founding a new religious order, the Order of the Mother of God, which would associate under one single common rule more than one community and would include the Apostles of the Latter Times, announced by St. Louis de Montfort in his prophetic prayer. Blessed Melanie was told by the Mother of God to make known her secret after the year 1858, and she published it herself in the face of great difficulties. It was important and remains important for the Church to be aware of its contents. We therefore will summarize briefly the secret of La Salette for those who may not yet know it or even of it. So I'm very grateful for this email um, because uh, it gives us opportunity to talk about La Salette and what our Our Lady's dire prophecies were. The article continues, the Blessed Virgin announced that it was primarily the defections of the Church which will bring down on the world the exemplary chastisement. You see, the world isn't coming against the Church. The Church is coming against the world. And the world will be chastised because the faith, the the, um, uh, error of Catholics to live, teach and live the faith the church is supposed to be God's instrument to save the world, beloved. And at the moment, uh, it's God's instrument to bring the world to destruction. It's, it's, it's terrible. It's demonic. The article continues. <clears throat> this is um, our Blessed Virgin's announcement. God is going to strike in an unprecedented manner. Woe to the inhabitants of the earth. God is going to exhaust his wrath, and no one will be able to resist so many concerted woes. Many will abandon the faith, and the number of priests and religious who will disassociate themselves from the true religion will be great. Many religious institutes will lose the faith entirely and will cause the loss of many souls. The church will pass through a frightful crisis. The Holy Father will suffer greatly. I will be with him to the end. This is the Blessed Mother. I will be with him to the end to receive his sacrifice. For a time, God will not remember France or Italy because the gospel of Jesus Christ is no longer known. But the prayers, penance, and tears of the just will ascend to heaven, and the entire people of God will beg for pardon and mercy and will ask my assistance, that's the assistance of the Blessed Mother, and my intercession. Then Jesus Christ, by an act of his justice and his great mercy toward the just, will intervene, and then there will be peace, the reconciliation of God with men. Charity will flourish everywhere. The gospel will be preached everywhere, and men will make great progress in the faith because there will be unity among the workers of Jesus Christ, and men will live in the fear of God. But before that, she gives a really horrifying prediction. 
that will, is going to happen, I think it's upon us now. And I'll, I'll tell you that as soon as we return from the break, you're welcome to call in or email with anything on your heart. We'll be right back. Men, it's time. Moral relativism is growing and the soul of our nation is at stake. Nowhere is it more manifestly obvious than with the daily ongoing mass murder of abortion. As leaders, protectors, and providers, we must go first. In facing reality, taking responsibility, repenting for what we've done and haven't done, and resolving to do more. The opportunity is before us on Saturday, June 11th, the weekend before Father's Day, in Tallahassee, Florida. We'll be gathering at 12 p.m. and embarking on a four-mile march of prayer and sacrifice that will culminate in a 2 p.m. rally at the Florida State Capitol. We welcome all women, children, and families to join us in standing up for the personhood of the preborn at the 2 p.m. rally. We're also hoping Governor Ron DeSantis will join us and assure us that he will lead on life. Join us June 11th in Tallahassee. For more information, go to themensmarch.com. Being tempted isn't a sin. Hebrews 4 verse 15 says that Christ was tempted in all ways that we are yet without sin. So if I'm being tempted, and then in a certain sense, I'm in good company. I'm in the company of our Lord, in the company of Jesus. But what he wants me to do is actually resist. Resist those temptations as he did during his life. That's Sermons for Everyday Living weekdays from 6 to 7 a.m. Eastern on the Station of the Cross. Keep up to date with the shows we bring you each day on the Station of the Cross by viewing our programming grid on our website, thestationofthecross.com, and on our iCatholic Radio app. Just click the menu icon in the top left portion of our app and select the link to our programming grid. That's at thestationofthecross.com and on our free iCatholic Radio app for Android and Apple mobile devices. Welcome to Mother Miriam Live on the Station of the Cross Catholic Radio Network with live video streaming brought to you by LifeSite News and the Station of the Cross. Call Mother with your questions at 1-877-511-5483 or email her at mother at thestationofthecross.com. Welcome back, beloved, to Mother Miriam Live. Um, I am she and I am live. Um... And we have a couple of callers, so rather than continue with our article at the moment, I left you hanging in suspense, I know. Um, we'll take a call from Philip in Chicago. Are you there, dear brother? Yes, my, I'm, we're of the same ethnic persuasion. I was evangelical, just like you. But what, Mother, what led you from evangelical Protestantism to Catholicism in the first place? I was just curious. Was it bent or... Um, well, Philip, um, I, I, I came, you might know, uh, from a really fervent evangelical Protestantism that was anti-Catholic. Um, it was John MacArthur of Grace Community Church, for whom I will be eternally grateful, that really led me at the last to give my life to Christ. And I was in his church for 14 years, and he commissioned me to head women's ministries of a of a, another church, also evangelical. And I was taught when I came into the the uh, to Christianity through evangelical Protestantism that the Catholic Church was 
of Satan. It was the whore of Babylon. It was a false man-made religion leading people to hell. I believed that and really for the next 14 years try to save Catholics, uh, that they would have not this false religion but a true relationship with Christ. Um, my brother David, who became a Christian one year after me, um, and began studying, um, came into the Catholic Church 16 years before me. And what led him to even look into the Catholic Church, and this is part of my own story, is that he read John 17, where Jesus said, that was um, what's known as the priestly prayer of our Lord the night before he died, um, he said that um, uh, we and uh, that he Father sent him, and we are to be one as he and the Father are one, um, and that he would lead the church uh, through Matthew sixteen through eighteen into all truth till the end of time. And yet David saw forty thousand Protestant denominations and enormous confusion, each one saying this way to this way to Jesus, this way to salvation. Um, and he said, God is not the author of confusion. Uh, he established a church and said he would lead it into all truth to the end of time. How could there be 40,000 denominations, each one's very sincere, being taught by men, believing in the indwelling teacher of the Holy Spirit, as Martin Luther taught, and come up with all different conclusions. One says you could lose your salvation, one says you can, one says baptism is merely symbolic, another says no, it's effectual, it, it needs, it's important to be saved, all of that. And so David decided to look into, um, to see if Jesus meant what he said, that he had founded a church, not a group of invisible believers, um, uh, tons of denominations, and if it still exists today, and he went on that journey and entered the Catholic Church before I did, despite all my effort to save him from becoming Catholic. And so um, one night, uh, Phil, I went with my brother. It was Christmas Eve, and I visited him in upstate New York to save him from this uh, horror of Babylon that I was convinced it was. And he was going, and he wasn't Catholic yet. It was a year before he entered the church. And he asked me if I wanted to come to midnight mass with him. And I said, absolutely, I had not been in a Catholic church before, but I wanted to see what my brother's problem was. So I went with him, and we sat through the mass, and I came out so utterly shocked that I could not even speak. He was all excited. He said, Roz, my given name, Rosalind Moss, Roz, what do you think? And, and I couldn't speak. And when I finally could speak, it was after the half-hour drive home, I said to him, David, that is a synagogue, David, because I grew up in the synagogue. That is a synagogue, but with Christ. And he got so excited. He said, Rosalind, that's right. That's exactly what the Catholic Church is, a synagogue with Christ. And I said, no, David, that's wrong. Oh, my goodness, what happened to my brother? The reason I thought it was a synagogue with Christ, which I found out that's exactly what the Catholic Church is, is because the posture, the prayers, the liturgy, the procession, um, prior, just at the beginning of Mass, uh, it was so Jewish. And the prayers at the altar were Jewish prayers. 
uh, blessed art thou, O Lord our God. I think they said God of all creation, rather the king of the universe, doesn't matter. It was our prayers. I knew them growing up. Baruch melech olam. Blessed art thou, O Lord our God, king of the universe, whatever it was. And I said, where do they come off? Who do they think they are? They're our prayers. Who do, what, 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 what's wrong with them? And I had no clue. I was angry. They have no right taking Jewish prayers. And it was um, 16 years later that I came to find out, Phil, that um, Catholicism is um, not only the fulfillment of Judaism, but the full measure of Christianity, that God did found a church, that he would lead into all truth at all time, and has given us uh, enormous graces has given us truly not symbolic uh, piece of bread, but truly the Eucharist, truly the body, blood, soul, and divinity of our Lord, and truly a mother, his mother, whom he gave to us. So, Phil, uh, I can go on for an hour because I have thousands of times to tell you the whole story, but. Um, there it is, and I know you can find my testimony online. Um, I've been on Marcus Grodi, The Journey to- Home, about five times, and there's tapes all over the place. So um, if, if you, uh, I, I can't stay on the phone with you an hour to tell you all the details. My, my biggest problem was not Mary. My biggest problem was the sacramental nature of the church and the nature of the Mass, because I came from more of a Calvinistic understanding that we're totally corrupt. Um, uh, so there's so much there, Phil. So th- does that answer some of what you're asking? Is there Are there p- specific issues or questions that you would like me to answer more in detail? I came out of the evangelical free church, which was, they were all I understand. over the place. Theologically. Chuck Swindoll, I know, I know. I know. Um, we were like the 50 of all the, there were 450 Americans of Scandinavian descent and 50 of us Jewish Americans. Mm. Now, the reason I left Protestantism, it's like you said, 40,000 denominations. I read mm-hmm. the story about Edith Stein. I was just, oh, moved. Yes. I just came mm-hmm. across it on the internet. In fact, on my wall, I have a picture of Edith Stein. And I oh, have beautiful. Crucifixes and I have hearts. Sacred Hearts. I have all. Mm-hmm. I have two pictures of Edith Stein. I I became confirmed in Catholic faith last uh, on April sixteenth. Blessed be God, Philip. This past April sixteenth. Yeah, no. Just, I know. I prayed for you. You called in and told yeah. us you were entering the church. Yeah, I know. I Yahoo! Welcome home. Yet. I wish I were there to hug you. Yay, Philip. Good. Did I, did I tell you before I, that you are you familiar with my brother's organization, the Association of Hebrew Catholics? Talk to your. I talk to your brother. You know, I talk to your brother. I was. Uh, I was. Like, I'm I was so like, glad. You know, their patron is Edith Stein. Yeah, I know. It's the patron saint. So is the patron saint of Father Peter there in Montreal. I don't drop people's name unless I ask. Father him. Peter Sarah. I know him. I was with him. Beautiful. Yeah, yeah he's in Montreal. He's a priest. I know. Hey, I asked, if I talk to Mother, could I mention you? I don't like to mention people by name. I'm not a name dropper. Can I have your permission? He said, yes. You know, it's not my style, you know. Oh, it's okay, Philip. 
proper etiquette. No, my background is they were secular. I mean, we didn't even celebrate mm-hmm. the holidays. Yes, they celebrated oh, Passover, but we'll with a That's cultural. mother. Let her, yeah. <laughs> like the first, with Turkey, like the first Passovers at Plymouth Rock with the American Indians. Mm-hmm. That's neither here nor there. No, he never yeah. even went for the high holidays. Totally secular background. Wow. But now, as a Catholic, you can really dig in and appreciate your identity and your Jewish faith. It's a wonderful thing. I know. We, we, they sent me to an Orthodox synagogue and I remember my earliest memory is one of the kids say, you're having a milk with your corned beef sandwich. Oh, Don't you wow. know anything? That's so right. It had, an effect, it had an effect on me over 50 years later. I still remember this being screamed yeah. at. Yeah, that's so, huge. That's huge. <laughs> I know. We wouldn't have ever had milk and meat together. I know. I know, sweetheart. So now you that. can really begin to know who you are. And people say... Um, uh, you betray the Jewish people or you've come into the church and the fact is that whoever does not believe in the Messiah has betrayed their faith because it's the most Jewish thing to do to believe in the Messiah of Israel. To be Catholic yeah. Yeah, is I've, the most Jewish yeah. thing a Jew can do. I've been called an ethnic traitor. Guess what? I don't care. So was Father Lessinger in Paris, late you know, Archbishop of Paris. That's he right. Was, Cardinal. Crap too. Cardinal yeah, Lustige. Yeah. Lustige. Is that the correct way of saying it? Yeah. I Lustige. think so. Mm-hmm. So yeah, he was good. Crap both in the United States and in mm-hmm. Israel. Mm-hmm. Philip, you are just beginning a journey that is not just Catholic, but that will show you totally who God has made you to be coming from the people of Israel. It's extremely beautiful. So don't fail to look into all that. In fact, if you go to my brother's site, Hebrew Catholics, there's a link to all the testimonies of Hebrew Catholics that have come into the church, many of them hundreds through the years, and you can click on any one of them, including my own and my brothers and Eder Stein and Father um, Peter and, and tons of people. Back- it's wonderful. Secular background like me. So when you were growing up, they celebrated all the high holidays at your house? We did. Yeah, and we, we fasted and we prayed on Yom Kippur, and we spent the time in shul, in synagogue, yes. We were conservative, not orthodox, but yes, we, we celebrated all of that. We never had meat and, milk, meat and milk together any time of the year. So, yeah, yeah, we, we, we did. I cherish it. We were reformed, yeah, we were reformed to the extreme. Mm-hmm, right. Right. I don't right. Have to I, write my family history. We were, we were a bunch of pork eaters. We ate pork. Oh, we never allowed it in our house. But I tell you what, Philip. Um, now you can go from an, uh, reform Judaism to the extreme to the most orthodox a Jew could be as a Catholic. Oh, yeah. The Mass is the Holy Mass is the Passover fulfilled in the Passover Lamb. It is so beautiful. Hey, Isaiah 53, what That's can you it. say? It's the same, mm-hmm. the same in this, you know, JPS um, 1917, it's the same in every other translation. What else can mm-hmm. be? You know, just That's right. the ultra-orthodox try to explain it away, but how can you? It's just so you cannot. evident. You cannot. You cannot. But again, people could read that and not believe. Don't ever forget that your belief um, is a gift. I agree. 
Well, let's I talk know, to your mother. Zygazunt, and you have a great day. Zygazunt, <laughs> Philip. Everybody doesn't know that. It means be well, good health. Zygazunt, dear one. And uh, call in. Um, call in again after after a time. Let me know how you're doing. Okay, I'll give you a call in a month or two. I don't want to be a constant caller. I don't mind. You're a joy. You're a joy to my heart. Okay. God bless you, Philip. Okay. Okay, ma'am. Um, Bye-bye. All right. <laughs> God bless you. Definitely inappropriate. Mother. Mother. Yeah, mother. Right. That's okay. It's not a... Whatever you want to call me is fine. God bless you. And there's the music for our break. Bill from Massachusetts, your patient soul. I'll take you as soon as we come back from the break. And our lines are yet wide open. Call in with anything that's on your heart. Toll free. one 5483 Text at that number if you wish or email at mother at thestationofthecross.com and we'll be right back. At the Station of the Cross, we are blessed by the variety of donations our listeners generously contribute for our evangelization efforts. From planned gifts to employer matches, we even receive donations through transfers of stock. Please, consider giving a gift of stock to help us continue sharing the love of God with our hurting world. If you are being called by God to donate through a transfer of stock from your brokerage account to ours, please ask your broker to contact us at 1-877-888-6279. Your broker will need to indicate the number of shares being transferred as well as the QSIP number of those shares. That's one 877 888-6279. Thank you for considering a gift of stock to the Station of the Cross so that we can continue proclaiming the fullness of truth with clarity and charity. Do you love listening to the Station of the Cross on your car radio, but sometimes find yourself driving outside the listening area? Never miss another minute of your favorite show. Download the iCatholic Radio app so you can listen anywhere in the world 24 hours a day. The iCatholic Radio app is available for your phone in the Apple Store or for your Android phone in Google Play. Visit thestationofthecross.com for more information. You can listen to any of our network-produced programs at your convenience, wherever you enjoy podcasts. Hear a powerful sermon you need to share with a loved one? Maybe there's a guest or teaching segment that deserves another listen. You can find all of our shows on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, Google Podcasts, our website, and the free iCatholic Radio app. Be uplifted in your faith. Listen today at thestationofthecross.com or on your favorite podcasting platform. Welcome to Mother Miriam Live on the Station of the Cross Catholic Radio Network with live video streaming brought to you by LifeSite News and the Station of the Cross. Call Mother with your questions at 1-877-511-5483 or email her at mother at thestationofthecross.com. Welcome back, beloved 
to Mother Miriam Live, I want to pass on to you a message that I got. Earlier we took a, um, a Facebook comment from Apollo asking if she could um, pass the indulgence received uh, on Divine Mercy Sunday on to her already deceased parents. And I said, I, I imagine so, because plenary indulgences can the graces of them we can make a plenary indulgence for those in purgatory but um i've just been corrected on that that we can for plenary indulgence but not um uh, not the the uh, divine mercy sunday so um that's only for the people that come and they don't even have to be catholic uh, that's from the the website of Divine Mercy itself. The person who comes, it could be the most vile sinner. They don't even have to be Catholic, but they can receive those graces. Um, but um, uh, Divine Mercy Sunday, no, cannot be passed on. Plenary indulgence can. And so Apollo said, um, Mother, I passed the graces that I may have gotten yesterday from divine mercy and plenary indulgence to my already deceased parents. If it's a plenary indulgence which um, for which you must have a firm purpose of amendment and detachment from venial sin, and you, if, if that's true and it's a plenary indulgence, you can pass that on to those in purgatory. But the graces of Divine Mercy Sunday, which do not demand detachment from venial sin or any other sin, only a good confession and um, receiving communion, that is simply for the individual who makes that, not cannot be passed on. So, Apollo, if you're considering them one, Divine Mercy and Plenary Indulgence, the answer would be no. But if it's a true plenary indulgence, in other words that you are detached from venial sin uh, and all of that, if it's true plenary, then um, then yes, you can pass that on. But the, the grace on Divine Mercy Sunday is beyond a plenary indulgence because, again, it remits all punishment as well for sin. So it depends upon how that was handled. Um, let me take now the call from Bill. Hi, Bill. You're such a patient soul. <laughs> Well, it's worth it with you, Mother. Mother, Thank I have a you, question. Mm-hmm. You, we know about chastisement, blessed are yellow, Fatima. Do you believe, but you know them, blessed are yellow said that Russia would take Europe, then fight the United States. Do you believe her in that time with Fatima, the chastise, uh, uh, an all-out war, basically, and then go on about the food supply problem? But you believe this is it. We're, I know it's hard to say, you know, we're not mystics or anything. Do you believe we're at that point in time of the world, compared has said it many a time, warned us? What do you think? I think we are, Bill. I let You summed it up perfectly. We're not mystics. I cannot know this for sure. But it sure seems that we're at that time to me. It sure seems that. Uh, that's all. So don't have anybody say I said yes that I know because I can't know these things. But with all that's going on now, it's sure. And our ladies' predictions and warnings and uh, what looks like it's on the horizon, um, it sure seems that we're at that time. Okay. So you don't think, in your opinion, you you don't think Russia is going to stop now? They're going to continue to take 
Europe, and then they're going to fight us like Blessed Eye Yellow predicted. And it's really uh, your bullies because it's okayed by the church. What's okayed by the church? Blessed Eye Yellow. Oh, okay. I see that. I'm not familiar with, with that uh, pro- uh, prophet but or mystic. Um, but um, I do, it, it seems to me that that's the case, that Russia is not going to stop and that it may spark World War Three. Okay, what do you think of the kind of, food supply, too? I mean, I think, is it, are we going to I think really we're going to run out. Time? Yeah, I believe it. I believe it. Uh, we are getting plenty of water here and plenty of, plenty of rice and beans and non-perishable food and finding a way to live without electricity. I believe everybody should do that. I'm not uh, setting out a panic message for the world, but I do think we're at that time. I do. I do, and if I'm wrong, blessed be God. But So I'm not saying this is true, because I'm not a prophet, but it sure seems to me that we're at that time where uh, we're going to be at war, even in the United States, and uh, that there's going to be a, a shortage of food supply and m- maybe eventually run out, and uh, maybe uh, have to live without, not count, forget iPhones, forget computers, forget electricity. I think... I think that's coming on us. Okay. One more question. Somebody told me I was divorced civil and I didn't want to do it. But I'm, I was married by the Catholic Church, and I told them, no, before God I am not divorced, but civilly I am. Am I correct? Before God, God, there's no divorce with God, so civilly you're divorced. But if it was a true Catholic marriage, you are still married. Right. Okay, Mother. Um, that was it. I thank you for doing I haven't talked to you in a while, but it's great to hear from you. I want to think of some more questions. Yeah, I love when you call, Bill. You remember me from a few years back? I was worried about my family. Well, you may not, but my son is changing. He is going to church. He is going to confession, and I'm slowly, I just haven't got my wife there, my Mm ex-wife. She is my wife, but you get it. You call it a separation. I get it. it. Mm Mm-hmm. Yes, Bill. Can you do a prayer for me on the phone for the my family? Yes, dear one. Um, Lord Jesus, we know that nothing's impossible with you and that you do work all things together for good to those who love you and who are called according to his purpose. And I don't know Bill's full life, dear Lord, but you certainly have filled him with your grace and with your faith. And I ask above all things that you use him in truth and in love, speaking the truth in love to be your messenger of salvation, not only to his son and to his wife, but every member of his family. We give you thanks, and we ask, Blessed Mother, that you enfold Bill in your mantle and um, go get those people. Do with them whatever needs to be done, dear Mother, to bring them in and back to the faith. We pray in the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Father Miriam, and I'm going to call you in about a week or so because I haven't called you a couple of years. And it's just great to hear somebody speak in truth and yeah. clarity, and nobody else does. Oh, wow. Well, so I love when you call. Call in any time, Bill. We have to, all of us have to stick together, who, who God has graced to believe the true faith and to live it. All okay. right, my dear brother. Okay. All right. Go ahead. Thank you, Mother. All right, sweetheart. Um, Well, we have about uh, two minutes, dear ones, left to the program. I'm going to read um, the the, um, 
I'm going to pick up on where I was. Hold on. Um, uh-oh. Where did I put it? Um, okay, hold on. Here it is. Um, faith defined and explained. Let me um, uh, read. Well, no, no, I think rather than go back to that, it's a new chapter, I am going to read the uh, uh, prophecy on La, La Salette. I ended off at a very crucial moment. Um, there's the music for our close. I'm going to read just a couple of sentences um, from Our Lady uh, to Melanie and... Um, um, oh my goodness, I already f uh, forgot his name. But um, Our Lady says, quote, Rome will lose the faith and will become the seat of the Antichrist. Rome will lose the faith and will become the seat of the Antichrist. And then, and quote, to call her children to combat for God in the days of darkness and sin, the mother of God concludes. And this is an urgent appeal to the earth, which I will read you first thing tomorrow because we're at the end of the program. God bless you, everyone. Live the faith. Spread it. And we'll talk with you tomorrow, God willing.